Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. I'm going to read one verse to you, and then we're going to dive in. John 15, 4, it says this. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. In case you're wondering, didn't you read this verse last Sunday? I did. And uh, I want to now teach on it because I was just nibbling on that bone, and there's still so much more meat. And today we're going to talk on this thought that I'm calling the way of abiding. The way of abiding. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the good things that you are doing. We thank you, Father, for how you're moving, blessing us. I pray now as we turn to your word that you would speak to every person in this room. God, I'm going to speak to an audience, but you are going to speak to an individual. And your Holy Spirit is going to reach them in a way that my words never could. We ask all this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands, everybody. You may be seated. Let's talk about the way of abiding. Let me get a feel for the room here. How many of you are plant people? Like real living plant people. Put your hand up if you're a plant person. Just a few. Y'all don't want to confess one or the other. All right. Okay, where are my people? Where are all the people that are amazing at killing plants? Come on, where are you? Where are my people? All right, we got more of those. My wife and I, we are gifted at killing plants. It's so funny whenever someone gives us a plant, we're like, thanks. We're like, give it a month and it's going to be gone. (laughs) But thank you for the thought. It's the thought that counts. And uh, we're not good at keeping plants alive. And I commend all of you who are. And um, I think it's even become a little more trendy to keep plants alive. And I know you might be wondering, why in the world is he talking about that? Well, I'm going to get into all of that. But um, you're going to see in the scriptures today that Jesus, when he talks about abiding, he likens it to a garden. He likens it to tending to a plant. And he likens that to the process of abiding. And so we're going to dive into this. And I really want to begin by reminding you what it means to abide. Can you say abide? The word abide simply means to remain or to stay. And, and it's, it's the posture of desiring to remain, desiring to stay. It's not I'm remaining because I'm being held captive. No, that's a prisoner, okay? That's not what it means to abide. To abide means out of your own desire, you remain or you stay. And Jesus says here in this verse, he lets us know that unless you abide in me, you're not going to be able to bear Fruit, And this is why we are unpacking this thought of the way of abiding. Now, I want to really think this through with you all and exegete John chapter 15 because I've shown you one verse. And as we've taught so many times here at this church, we cannot just read a verse. We cannot just read a text without getting the context. So we're going to look at all of John 15 Um, or at least this passage of John 15, to understand why we should abide. Because you might be thinking, okay, Jesus says to abide. 
but why? So let's develop this thought on abiding. Well, the first thing that I want you to write down about abiding and why this is important is this. Write this down. Jesus is the true vine. Jesus is the true vine. John 15, 1 says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now, I want you to get this. If Jesus is saying that he is the true vine, then there are false vines at work. If Jesus is having to differentiate himself, if he is posturing that I am the true vine, he is saying that because there are false vines. There's a conclusion that it brings us to that if he has to inform his audience, I'm true, I'm the truth, then we can infer from the text that there are false vines. In another passage of scripture in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus reiterates this, says it differently, but he goes on to say, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is letting his listeners know that though there are other streams of religion, though there are other streams of thought, though there are other streams of philosophy, those things are false vines. If they are contrary to me, or if the road does not lead to me, those are false vines. And as followers of Jesus, we do not subscribe to the idea that every religion will eventually get you to the same place. That's a false vine. We do not subscribe to the idea that truth is relative. Well, it's your truth. Live your truth. Maybe there can only be one truth, right? And so we, we respectfully push back and say, no, everyone doesn't get to create their own truth. Jesus is the truth. He's the true vine. We don't get to say that truth is subjective. It's whatever you want it to be. No, no, no. That is a false vine. And so what Jesus was doing and what we continue to do as a church is expose every false vine so that people can see the true vine. Are you tracking with me so far? And here's the deal. A false vine, this is where I, I, I had to ask the plant question, okay? A false vine will at times coexist with the true vine. A false vine might even wrap itself around the true vine, but just know that the false vine will eventually die because it's not connected to the roots of the true vine. And we have to start there, that Jesus is the true vine, that we can't just go around accepting what people tell us that is outside of Jesus, and, and, and we cannot allow culture, um, what is popular or trending, to shape or, or try to deform what we believe about Jesus, and we need to come back to the text and realize that he is the true vine. Jesus is the true vine. So it always has to come back to him. Does that make sense, everybody? So that's the first thing he says. Now, the second thing that I want you to write down is this. Jesus will prune every branch so that it produces fruit. Jesus will prune every branch so that it produces fruit. Let me read a verse to you, and it's all going to make sense. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So what Jesus does first and foremost is he wants to take away the false vines. He, he wants to remove the false vines. What, what I'm concerned about for the next generation of the church is that they would allow the lies of culture to coexist with the truth of Jesus. I'm concerned about that 
Because the lies of culture are, are trying to tell our sons and daughters, this is okay, your parents are old-fashioned, that worked for then, and it doesn't work now. You see, Jesus works for every generation. Je Jesus existed before all that other stuff existed. He, he was there at the creation of this world. He's, oh, it's always been about him. Everything in the Old Testament leads to Jesus. And even now today, we continue to look at his life because he's the single most important person that's ever walked in this earth. And so we've got to be careful because the first thing that he wants to do is identify branches that do not bear fruit. And the first thing Jesus is going to do is he's going to take that away. See, some of you, um, when you came to Christ, you began to kill off things in your life that moved you away from Jesus. That, that, and, and, and you're like, why, why is that necessary? Or why do I have to do that? That's necessary because he wants to remove the dead things in your life. And so maybe there was a relationship that was not life-giving. Jesus is going to pull that out of you. Maybe there was a habit that's not life-giving. Jesus wants to pull that out of you. Maybe there was things that you used to do with your time, your energy, your effort, and Jesus wants to remove that out of you. Why? Because those are things that are not only do they not produce fruit, but they will suck the life out of you. So listen to the counsel of people when they say that person is not good for you. Some of y'all got vampires in your lives. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like life-sucking relationships. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about a literal vampire. But, but some of y'all got some relationships where they don't add life or value to you. You got to be careful. Jesus says, I'm going to remove every branch that does not bear fruit. And he goes on to say, and every branch. Now, let me help all the saved folks in the room, okay? I'm about to help the saved, churchy, saved, saved people in the room, okay? Y'all ready? I'm going to fix your theology right now. And every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Y'all, some of you get mad at God when he's pruning you. I'm a good person. Why is this happening to me? This should happen to like a sinner, you know? Like, like <laughs> we get real pharisaical, you know? It's like, like why is this happening? I'm a good person. Listen to, listen to the word. If it's producing fruit, he's actually going to prune it. Not throw you a party. I know you want the party. I know you want to be insta-famous. But what he does is prune you. Why? There's a reason why. That it may bear more fruit. You see, what he does is if you are bearing fruit, is he wants you to produce even more fruit. And so he's going to prune you in such a way that you'll be able to be more fruitful in your life. And listen to me, Lighthouse Church. God wants you to be fruitful. Make no mistake. He wants you to live a fruitful life. Amen? That's kind of a weak amen. I thought some of y'all would be like, amen, I want to live a fruitful life. How many of y'all want to live a fruitful life? Amen. A little better. That's a little better. That was not a trick question. Some of you are like, what am I supposed to say to that? No, God wants you to be fruitful. God, God desires for you to be fruitful. Let me take you back to the plant thing that I talked about earlier. Me and my wife were not plant people. But when we moved to San Marcos two years ago, we started renting a home, and it's got a lot of plants. I've got a full-on, like, sprouts farm at my house. Let me, let me read to you some of the fruits that the plants at my house produce. I had to write them down because this is a lot. We got blackberries, mandarins, Pears, apples, poblanos, oranges, and pomegranates. And then we got some stuff that I don't even know what it is. It just makes a mess in my driveway. 
I, I don't even, I, I know. And you're like, you should find out. I don't care. All I know is I got to pressure wash my driveway because that stuff just makes a mess everywhere. And it's kind of funny because, you know, I've got all of that stuff happening in my, in my yard and I'm not even a plant person. But in God and his grace, no, I'm kidding. This is not God and his grace, but my mother-in-law is. So what's real fun is my mother-in-law will come over and she's like tending to the plants. Like she's at a playground when she comes to our house and she comes and she's pruning. She's getting all the dead stuff put away. And it's so funny. I love, I love, I love my mother-in-law. All the men, how many love your mother-in-laws? Dude, I gave you a lob. You could have had a good night. You, you got... All right, that's on you. I tried to help you. You could have scored some major points. Anyway, my mother-in-law, because I love my mother-in-law, she loves me. It's so funny that what she'll do, she'll come and she'll pull all the dead stuff, but she, it never makes it to the trash can. It's, she's like, boom, on a pile on the floor. And I think it's her way of saying, son-in-law, you need to come clean up this mess. Like, this is as much as I'm doing for you. But she'll come. She'll take care of everything. But, but here's my point in doing that. All of that work is called pruning, and it's necessary in order to produce more fruit. And, and if you want to live a fruitful life, then don't be surprised when God starts pruning you. Unless you just don't want to live a fruitful life. But, but sometimes the desire of our heart is, God, use me. Come in church, and we're like, use me, Lord. And, and, uh, and, and, and the image that I get is God's like, okay. And he pulls out the shears, and you're like, ah, that's not what I meant. But that's what he does. He prunes you because you are fruitful so that you can produce more fruit. And in the process of pruning, since I'm an expert in this because I looked at Wikipedia, but in the process of pruning, <laughs> it's a joke, uh, not only do you have to get rid of the dead things, but when you're pruning something, you also get rid of living things. So there might be living branches that, that you need to also cut away in the process of pruning to make room for the type of growth that you want to have happen. That's the process of pruning is that in the process of pruning, it's not just removing what is dead, but it's also removing what is good in order to produce more fruit. And so I'm going to make an application for you. Just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. And pruning involves the cutting away of good things in your life that are still not God things. What I love about what's happening with our, our uh, men's prayer Thursdays, 5.30 a.m., this, this is my very uh, unashamed plug for it right now, but all the men in the house, say amen. amen. Say it a little deeper. Amen. There it is. Uh, we have prayer every 5.30 in the morning right here. We do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, why? Because Jesus got up when it was dark to pray, number one. Number two, we do it early so you can come and pray and then Go to your work and uh, start your day off right. But, but here's my point. What I love about what's happening here is the other day a gentleman shared about an opportunity for advancement with his job. But then he said, but, but I'm praying because I don't know if this is the right thing for me right now. You see, it's a good thing, but is it a God thing? It's a good thing, but what's it going to do to your marriage? It's a good thing, but what's it going to do to your mental health? It's a good thing, but how's it going to affect your relationship with your children? Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God, and that's the process of pruning. So you bring it before God. You offer it to him. You ask him, God, I, this seems like a good opportunity. And listen to me, Lighthouse Church, good opportunities are going to find you. Do you want to know why good opportunities are going to find you? Because you're good people. You're God-fearing people. I mean, if you're living like Jesus, I mean, they're going to want to advance you in your career. If you are truly living like Jesus, opportunities are going to be plenty in your life. That's just the truth. 
I mean, I, I'll never forget in my career when um, ever I was facing a very hard situation. And it's so funny because there was this gentleman who just now happens to be my coworker. At the time, we lived 50 miles apart, but he's now my, re my retired neighbor. We were coworkers at the time. But one time he comes up to me, he's like, Josh, we got all this going on. Da, 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 da. We got a plane down in Italy, and we got to get a supplier. Got your supplier, we got to get your subcracker. And I'm listening to him, listening to him. And then he stops. He's like, do you even care? I'm like, yeah, of course I care. Why? He goes, and he goes like this. He kind of like gently Italian slapped me in the face, you know? He's like, you're just so calm. And I was like, thank you, you know? It's like, that, that's called self-control. That's called patience. That's called gentleness. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and it, was, it was kind of a, a, attractive in that environment because everyone's running like chickens with their heads cut off, but we, we rise above that, right? Because that's not the fruit we produce. And so it's going to open up doors for your lighthouse. That's what I'm saying is when you're doing things God way, don't be surprised when more doors open for you than you know what to do with. What you must do, though, is pray about it and ask yourself, is this a God thing? Is this really what he wants for me? And as I'm coming to a close, here's the last thing here. So just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. Here's the last thing that I want to let you know. Jesus, write this down, and then I'll give you the verse. The way of Jesus is a fruitful life. We just said it a minute ago. The way of Jesus is a fruitful life. John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I'm in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, just stop right there. We always get into our biggest mess when we get apart from him. Apart from him. Most of my conversations, you're talking about the hard pastor conversations that we have to occasionally have, is when someone who was remaining in Christ decided, I think I got this figured out. I, I don't need him. Let me just try and do it on my own. And this is step one to a series of bad choices. It all happens when we decide to do it apart from him. It's subtle, Lighthouse. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. It is so subtle. It's not a hard shift. It's just a little sleeping in. Uh, it's not that important that I meet with Jesus. It's, I mean, I just get it in later. Something subtle, just not spending time with the Father. Yeah, but, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I heard that TikTok preacher. That was good. That was good. Okay, you spent time with the TikTok preacher. You didn't spend, you didn't spend time with the Father. It's different. It's two different things. You stop spending time with the Father. You, in other words, you go apart from him, and then all of a sudden, apart from him, you can do nothing. And that's where, again, I've spent so much time in counsel, and I just ask the question, why did you try to do it alone? And that's typically, it's like, well, I just thought I could. I was doing so well. And little did you realize you were doing it well because you were connected to the vine. And when you're connected to the vine, you're going to produce fruit. When you remain in him, when you abide in him, when you are in the presence of the Father, when you are in him and he is in you, you're going to begin to see fruit in your life. And what happens is we think, ah, I don't need to be with my Father. Or I can slack just a little bit. I love that proverb. I, I, I'm, uh, I finished the Proverbs the other day, and I love the Proverbs in it. I may butcher it because it wasn't in my notes, but it goes something like this. Uh, 
a little slumber, a little folding of your hands, and the enemy will jump on you. It's just the little things, meaning a little sleeping in, a little folding of hands, a little just not doing what you're supposed to do, and the enemy will just leap on you. Before you'll know it, you'll, real, you'll ask yourself, how did I get here? It's the little things, just getting apart from the Father. But I love what he says here. He says, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Can you all say much fruit? That's the key. The, the, the much fruit is the life that he's inviting us into. He wants you not just to be fruitful. He wants you to bear much fruit. It's like a father who wants their sons to succeed. It's like the father who wants his daughter to succeed. Come on, how many parents want your kids to go further than you went? Absolutely. I tell my boys, I'm like, I want, I want my ceiling to be your floor. I want you to go further. I want you to go higher. Listen, if that's the way I am in the natural with my sons, what do you think Jesus wants for you? What do you think your heavenly father wants for you? He wants you to flourish. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be fruitful. And so he's saying that the life that I have for you is a life where you're going to not just bear fruit, but you're going to bear much fruit. And here's the beautiful thing about fruit and why I believe that the Bible uses this language of a garden and a plant and fruit. Fruit is meant to be enjoyed by other people. When I first moved into our house and when we moved in, it was the fall heading into the winter. So we didn't, we didn't even know some of the fruit that would come on these trees because harvest had already passed. And you'll never, I mean, I still remember the day when I opened up my blinds and I was like, ah, that's a mandarin tree. I had no idea, you know what I mean? But I know what a cutie looks like, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the parents. You know what a cutie looks like? It's like, okay, it's a mandarin. They call it a cutie so a kid will eat it, you know? But, um, but, you know, I'm fighting the good fight. I'm trying to get my kids to eat their fruits and vegetables. Shout out to all the parents with little kids. You know, I'm fighting the good fight. But it was so cool to, like, open up the, the blinds and there was, like, 60 cuties on the tree. And I was like, I just saved money. Come on, somebody. It was like... I can, I can pick those. So I picked them and I was giving them to my boys. And my point being is fruit is meant to be enjoyed. And so when Jesus said, I want to make you fruitful, here's what he's talking about. He is not saying, I'm trying to make you rich. That's a false vine, by the way. That's a prosperity gospel that we don't preach. But there's a, there's a, there's a gospel that, that teaches and preaches that God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be wealthy. <laughs> not in the Bible. He wants to be fruitful. Now, what happens with your, I'm not saying God wants you to be poor either. I'm not saying that, but what I am not saying, and and, and what the Bible does not teach is that if you follow God's commands, he's going to make you a rich person. That's a heresy. But he does want you to be fruitful. And truly what fruitful means is he wants you to live a life that blesses other people. I was listening to this podcast as I come to a close. I'm going to say a name, and then I'll know by your reaction how much I got to explain it. So I was listening to a podcast, and the person that was on the podcast was Henner Gracie. Okay, you don't know. So Henner Gracie, in the first service, I had one guy like, whoo. I was like, hey, my person. You know what I mean? He knows what I'm talking about. Henner Gracie comes from the Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu family. The Gracie family invented Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So they, they, they took uh, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, made it Brazilian, got super popular. For all the MMA heads in the house, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm listening to this podcast and Henry Gracie's talking and he says a throwaway comment meaning like it wasn't one of his points but he just said it but it made me stop you know I was on a run and he said it and I stopped I paused and I was like "Ooh, I gotta put that in my phone so I typed it down real quick but he said this the quality of your life 
will be a reflection of the impact and the service you provide to others. Say it again. The quality of your life is going to be affected by the impact and the service you provide to others. What he was saying that he didn't know Jesus already said was if you live a fruitful life, it's going to affect the quality of your life. And listen to me, Lighthouse Church, I want you to live a fruitful life. I want you to be a life that serves and impacts others. I want you to live a life where others want to come and eat from the fruit of your life. How does that happen? Abiding with the Father. Being connected to your Heavenly Father. Being connected to Jesus. Not not connected to whatever is popular, whatever fad, whatever trend. Listen to me, Lighthouse. I am 43 years old. I have lived long enough. And some of you that are older than me, you know what I'm talking about when I say, these fads come and go. These trends come and go. And it can come back again. I can't believe kids are dressing like it's the 90s again. Wow. Didn't think I'd see that back again. But there it is. Okay, we went from skinny jeans to beyond baggy. Somebody bring back Miller's Outpost. Never mind. (laughs) The older people in the room get it. The kids are lost. I love it. Kids are lost. Thank you for laughing at my joke. You got to stay connected to Jesus, Lighthouse Church. Stay with y'all tracking with me. You got to stay connected to Jesus. He's the vine. He's the truth. He's the way. In him is everlasting life. There are a lot of false vines in this world, but let it be said of Lighthouse Church and let it be said of you. We stayed connected to Jesus. We never disconnected from the Father. We remain connected to the true vine. And the things that he did in my life were just beyond what I could have asked or thought or imagined. Now, let me just close with this as y'all can come on up now. Like I said a minute ago, there's all kinds of like trees in my house and I don't take care of them. Thank goodness for my mother-in-law. I wish I had an avocado tree though. That I wish I had because they'd be charging extra for avocado. You know, I just show with my own avocado like, no, nah, I brought my own from home. They ain't charging me extra. <laughs> um, but I'm, even if I had one, I'm not committed to the process because it's, it's hard work. It's work taking care of the plants. It's work pruning. It's hard to do all of that. I mean, I want to be fruitful, but I'm not committed to the work. Can I let you in on a secret lighthouse church? The work's already been done. Jesus already did the work in order for you to live a fruitful life. Jesus did all the work on Calvary. It's called the finished work of Calvary, meaning there's nothing you can do to add to what Jesus has already done for you. That's the good news of the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, is that there's nothing that we have to do. There's no work that's needed on our behalf in order to earn forgiveness or righteousness. No, no, no. You need to understand, Lighthouse. As we said just a minute ago, Jesus did all the hard work so that we don't have to do the hard work. Jesus did all the hard work because even if we wanted to we couldn't do the hard work there's no way we could ever be good enough to achieve the level of righteousness that he gives to us so what's left for you to do Lighthouse Church simply to receive what he's already done for you and to abide in his presence and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ that's the good news people say what's the good news about Christianity that it's already done And I'm sorry if maybe you went to a church where they didn't teach this. 
where they told you you had to do this and you had to do that and unless you did this and unless you did that but the work has been done and all we have to do is to abide in him let me pray for you where you're at father in the name of jesus i pray for if this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.